Hey there, fellow explorers. Welcome to Transformation with uh, Esporhana for Satvi Finance. The podcast that turns enterprise transformation into an epic adventure. I am Mallikarjun, your enthusiastic tour guide on this thrilling ride. Each enterprise transformation is like a road trip. Unique, exciting, and full of surprises. But here's the best part. You don't need to reinvent the wheel or worry about wrong turns. We are here to make sure you have a blast. Learn from the best and share a laugh or two along the way. In this podcast, we'll show you how SAP can make your enterprise intelligent, sustainable, and a bit futuristic, like something out of a sci-fi movie. So, grab your snacks, buckle up, and get ready for a ride that's as smooth as an open highway. We're about to explore innovation, efficiency, and a brighter, fun-filled future. Hi, Matthias. Uh, thanks for joining. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Malik. Yeah, it's a very pleasant day today. We just finished the conference on central finance and closing in Budapest. It's great to meet you in person again. We met in the previous conferences once again. Great to meet you. Matthias, do you want to briefly introduce to our podcast listeners where you come from, what's your base location, and also talk about the solution that you are very passionate about, which we are going to discuss in the podcast today. Yeah. So my role at OpenText is as Alliance Marketing Manager. So that may sound a bit weird, but so... We have a very strong alliance with SAP, and my key area of interest is finance and procurement excellence. And that's a sweet spot for central finance, of course. And there are basically two solution extensions on the SAP price list that I helped to bring to market since 15 years. So we started with this with your SAP colleagues in 2008, and now we are in 2023, and it's still a very interesting topic. Where are you based out of uh, audience? I'm based in Hamburg, Germany. Okay. So for the listeners who might not be familiar with the uh, open text solution, what is the challenge it helps? Can you please articulate what the solution does and what is the problem or challenge it tries to solve? Yeah, we at open text care for our customers' information. And when it comes to finance, there are several key processes that require attention where you not only have transactional information but also documents. And one of the most prominent is invoice management. So all customers need to pay their invoices. And that's something yeah, you really need to do. It's not adding much value to your organization, but if you don't pay, your business partners will stop working with you. So we help our customers to optimize this process. And it's very important to first optimize and then automate. Otherwise, you get poor results a bit faster. But thinking about it from an optimization perspective, it's key. And now when it comes to customers with multiple SAP instances, it was key from the first release that was on the SAP price list that we need to support these distributed environments. And that's where it 
also placed together with central finance, which <laughs> then entered the scene um, quite a few years ago, and where we have a very nice integration. So what, for a central finance customer or a prospect who is currently listening to this podcast, why is open text relevant and how do you see the two solutions working together? The intention of a central finance project is always to centralize the whole financial information. And now when you deal with invoices, these are typically related to material documents and material information is residing on the different source systems. So that's a very complex bridge you need to build. And we found a very innovative way to address this in a way that you, of course, want to receive the invoices centrally. At the end, you want to pay them centrally. And the part in between, between invoice received and final payment, that's done collaboratively by SAP Invoice Match by OpenText and the central finance application. And uh, when should uh, the customers start to engage? Typically from your experience, central finance project starts and then they start to redefine what they need. What is the right time for them to engage open text and include that as part of their transformation project? Yeah, that's a very interesting question and also related to any customers who move to S4HANA. So the three alternative approaches with all have advantages and disadvantages. So what I always suggest is to do it as early as possible, maybe even before you connect your systems to the central finance instance, because that way you leverage all the benefits as early as possible. But customers also do it in between, so as part of the move to S4HANA and central finance, and some do it afterwards. So yeah. These three basic options, and we even support distributed environments without central finance. You know, we had to support this functionality in 2008. That was already long before S4HANA surfaced the ERP world. And the same basic principles that we applied there are now refined a bit. And now we created the links to central finance to really provide full transparency. You know, in the past, when we received invoices in one central system, then we first converted to header and line items. If it's a PDF invoice that the customer receives via email, or if it's a scanned document, even worse, then we have an integrated OCR engine that transforms the content into header and line item data. If it's an e-invoicing, we have a pre-configured XML mapping if it's an IDOC, a segment mapping, and so on. So at the end, we have header and line item details in the central system. And what happens now is that we have an algorithm that's called system determination procedure. And that exactly tries to determine what's the source system where the invoice finally needs to be posted first. And then we transfer this with a unique number that it received in the central system directly to that system and then intelligent enrichment algorithms that require information from that system, the local chart of accounts, the local tax codes, and so on, run in that instance. Yeah? And after the data is intelligent enriched, which may include even for non-PO invoices, smart suggestion for cost assignments for the line items or for the whole 
invoice in total. Business rules are checking whether the data is complete and whether it's consistent. So consistent means there could be, for example, a tax rate on the invoice that's not in your system. There could be a bank account reference that's not in your master data. It could be a duplicate invoice, which you definitely don't want to pay. And it could be a discrepancy related to a purchase order or a contract that you have with this vendor. Could be different price, could be a higher quantity than was delivered or ordered, and so on. And all these things are checked with our pre-configured rule set. So the rule set depends on the type of an invoice. So there are different rules for down payments compared to PO or non-PO invoices and so on. And the magic, how we then, I mentioned initially, we optimize the process before we automate it. The magic is that we have business roles in the configuration that are assigned to the individual rules. So if a rule fails, like can't determine the tax code uniquely for a certain tax rate, then the configuration contains a business role tax expert. So the problem creates a work item in business workflow for the tax expert. And who the tax expert is, is the second step of the intelligent configuration. Because for the role resolution, we have already the full context. We know for which country it is, for which vendor the invoice is, and then we know who's the best tax expert. Could be somebody in the AP team, could be a separate tax team, or even an external expert from service provider. And they receive a task. They finish it, and then the rule set runs again. And once all rules are green and passed, the invoice may require additional approvals. So there may be approval steps, like two-way match where you don't ask for goods received with a normal delivery note, where just the user needs to confirm, oh, this is the cleaning service I ordered. They did it. And then the invoice is unblocked and paid. Or if it's a non-PO invoice, where somebody who's responsible for the cost center still needs to do a financial approval and approve this. And in many organizations, you have complex hierarchies and you and I may approve maybe up to $10,000. And then it goes up the chain. And even there, there's an optimization in the process because we have a configuration based on expense types. So for example, IT expenses may have a complete different approval route than a normal service procurement where you don't have contract or purchase order. And now at the end, the invoice will be posted in the source system and everything is good, but there's no FI document in the central system. So we had all the reporting in the central system but no link to a local FI document in central system. And that's why I was so happy when central finance was born, because suddenly central finance does the replication of the FI posting. Suddenly we have an FI document in central system. So what we then do is all artifacts that have been collected throughout the process, such as additional attachments that are linked using archive link, are then also linked to the central FI document and one important document is the full audit trail. So we know exactly which user did what for which kind of problem to address. And all collaboration, when I'm not able to solve a problem, happens within the system. So I can refer this to 
a colleague in the same role with a comment or to a colleague in a different role. And the types of actions the user can take to address the problem depends on the problem and the user's role. So tax expert has different options and feels they are allowed to change compared to an AP specialist or compared to somebody in procurement. And this concept fully ensures the segregation of duties and prevents compliance problems. And if you are operating in the US with Sarbanes, Oxley and so on, you have all the documentation. And since these steps are then also collected in the audit trail, you see exactly that not one user approved this and the higher price, for example, and then unblocked the invoice on his own and released it for payment, which would clearly violate compliance rules. Do we have some regulations uh, in place or coming up for these kind of requirements from a legal or country-specific uh, regulations? Yeah, yeah, so most countries have these rules set up. So Sarbanes-Ox is a very old one, of course, but also the European countries followed suite and you need to ensure, for example, in Germany, that you have a well-documented process and the authorities are forced and also your auditors, if you're a public company, need to check these, whether it's all documented and so on. And when you use a product such as SAP Invoice Managed by OpenTax, it's already pre-configured. This means that your implementation partners, and there are plenty of those who do this, all the big SIs implement invoice management and many smaller local partners, that they have already a pre-configured documentation for the process that then can be exactly adjusted. And it's again, it's a configuration-only approach. You decide which rules need to be configured, who's responsible to address certain problems in a certain role and which of the pre-configured actions should not appear or which additional actions a user should take and you can add roles by simple configuration. For the listeners who might be interested to know more, what are the resources you recommend that are available either online or something that they can reach out? Yeah, so there are many different sources. So there are other podcasts with SAP, the Let's Talk Data podcast, for example, with Sheila McCarthy. There are the websites about and you get help.sap.com, enter SAP Invoice Manager, go to the opentext.com website. And very importantly, because I think it's key that people understand the product. I, with two colleagues, wrote a book at SAP Press, Vendor Invoice Manager with SAP, was published in December 2022. And that explains all the details and the basic principles behind it. And from a central finance perspective, I would like to highlight, so, you know, we run the process where the data is. So we don't need to move the data. Central finance moves the FI document to the central system. But from a user perspective, the users can simply work in their VIM workplace connected to the central system which then collects all tasks they have on the different source systems. And for a peace specialist, a procurement specialist with a global role, it behaves like one system. And then the big advantage is in central finance, in that system, they can do all their group reporting, closing and so on. And they don't need to leave that system. And I think, yeah, that's really unique. They don't need to be aware that there are maybe 40 different 
SAP instances behind it, whether they are on ECC or earlier as for HANA releases or even more recent as for HANA releases. Some of our big customers or enterprises are also spread across the world with the shared services organizations. Maybe somebody only doing vendor invoices, somebody doing different things. How do you see the solution kind of being adopted by these big organizations? Yeah, there are many reasons why customers have multiple SAP instances. So in some cases, it's mergers acquisitions. Sometimes it's really on an organization level, for example, in oil and gas, upstream, downstream business, administrative tasks on a different ERP instance. And these customers really love the system. I mentioned the simple concept with that we have rules, roles, and the actions the users can take. That's a simple configuration we keep in SAP tables. That's not a secret. So, and they, these kind of configuration changes are subject to the transport system. So you can configure this on the central system and then transport the configuration to all the source systems, which helps to have standardized processes because they all follow these processes, but only the process, I would say uh, something like rails, yeah? So the functionality on the local system that the system looks up, the text quotes on the local system or tries to calculate coding proposal based on artificial intelligence just on the data on the local system, that remains completely intact and unchanged. And yeah, that makes it so flexible. Thank you. That's interesting. My last question is from the recent implementations based on your experience, what are the success factors for a good open text implementation? Yeah, I would say the three important success factors. So first, try to be as close as possible to the standard. I know that sounds challenging, but whenever you try to replicate old processes that you had in the past and where maybe key users say, we can't work in any different way, that will add so much additional effort in worst cases and not help to really achieve what you want to achieve in a central finance and invoice management project. Second is almost everybody in an organization is involved in invoice processing. People who order something and need to confirm or work on as a requisitioner on discrepancies between the invoice and what they agreed with the vendor. So let everybody know that you introduce a much better solution that simplifies life, but that will bring maybe new Fury applications, new tasks to the end users, provide training for them so that they can quickly love the solution and see, oh, that's so much easier than anything we had in the past. And last not least, use the integrated reporting capabilities to invest into continuous process improvements. So, it's an incredible rich data source. We know exactly, and think about the challenges of process mining. If you do it based on time steps of individual transactions, you just can guess this happened because there was a problem in an invoice, for example, an update in the purchase order. But you don't know whether there's really a logical consequence or just a timely coincidence. So with Vim, we put a process around the whole end-to-end -end step, and we know that, for example, Andy in procurement changed the purchase order because he was tasked to resolve the price problem with the invoice. 
So with that information, you know exactly how long the individual teams take until they start working on something, how much effort it is to do it, and which actions they selected to resolve it. And, you know, today with AI, everybody talks about self-automatic processes so that you even don't need to define the process, but that the process defines itself based on the inf and refines itself based on that information. And that's possible since we collect all that information, which is not only valuable for compliance tasks, but also for this self-optimizing processes. So don't forget that and don't be shy to report on the success and share this with the whole user community. So first, six months before go live, announce that you start this project. And once you have the first results and say, oh, we reduced our invoice cycle times already to four days, but maybe there's two or three teams that are still a bit slow, or we can do better, then that's a motivational for the end users and everybody will collaborate to deliver the best running processes with SAP. Thanks a lot, uh, Matthias. Uh, basically, I think in the podcast uh, we covered, started with open text. Uh, thank you for articulating what it is and why it is important in every project, typically every finance transformation project with central finance. This open text seems to be a great fit for these projects. Also, thanks for sharing experiences with this and also pointing about unique features and uh, success factors for typical implementations. Thanks a lot for your time. You're welcome, Malik. <laughs> Thanks a lot from my side. And that's a wrap for today's adventure. What a fantastic journey we have had on transformation with SAP Yaskohana for Central Finance. And we are just getting started. Our road trip to enterprise transformation is far from over. And we are thrilled to have you on board. Thank you. As we continue down this exciting highway of discovery, don't forget to stay connected. Hit that subscribe button to ensure you are in the driver's seat for every upcoming episode. And my fellow adventurers, remember that the best part of our journey lies ahead. Stay tuned for more stories, more insights and more moments that will make your enterprise transformation an unforgettable ride.